Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. I can't wait to research that ridiculous claim that what are the, it's like the UN said that we're going to increase from 400 disasters a year to 516 disasters a year. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> what, what does that even mean? The United States, what is a disaster? What, 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 what are you? I bet they use that same modeling computer system that said we're going to have 10 million deaths from COVID. That modeling. It's, uh, it's been bored lately. hasn't had a lot to do. So they're like, well, let's type in how many uh, how many disasters there's going to be. <laughs> and they type in whatever they want. And they go, oh, pops 516. Oh, make a headline about it. Scare people. Did you hear there's going to be more disasters next year? And most people are so dumb they go with it. But, oh, no, more disasters. Oh. Well, did they even consider? Did the UN consider, did anyone consider that we would see a disaster as dramatic as Elon Musk buying Twitter? Boom, boom, boom. So I am interested in this story because, uh, well, although Elon is not someone who should be trusted with anything, he does uh, believe in freedom of speech. So we have that thing in common. Uh, but I'm always going to be interested in freedom of speech related topics because freedom of speech is my red line. That's it. That's the red line. If I can't say something, it's over. If you can't say what you want to say, then you have no freedom. Now, of course, there's a line like you can't just get, it's not like I can like, um, I want to go on television or something no, you can't. Like, oh, you're taking away my first amendment. No, that's, there's a distinction there, of course. I'm talking about, like, if you can't say something and the government comes after you or something, like that, um, then uh, that's, that's, that's the worst. If you can't speak, then you're a slave to the state. There's a reason why it's the first amendment. So I am hyper aware of uh, any encroachments on speech. I'm hyper aware of anyone's encroachment upon speech. It's the most important thing. It's the most important. The only limit, I shouldn't say limit, the only line, I should, let, me, let me try again, the line that moves beyond speech is when you're trying to instigate violence. When you're trying to instigate immediate violence, then that is uh, no longer speech. That's the line. And anything short of that line game on contrary to popular belief you can in fact scream fire in a crowded theater maybe we could talk about that in the next segment you can scream fire in a crowded theater that is a lazy cheat of a line it is only ever used incorrectly always by people who want to take away your freedom of speech and they'll say oh um 
we want to take away freedom of speech. You say, no, you can't do that. Freedom of speech is very important. Oh, well, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. And most people are like, well, I guess you're right. Okay. And everyone turns their brains off. It's the dumbest thing ever. You can't yell crowd in a fire theater. Yes, you can. <laughs> we'll give you the history of that line. Maybe we'll do that next. But uh, the reason I say all this, uh, Obama gave a speech the other day. Former President Barack Obama gave a speech. And he uh, is, is using this new line that the left is using to try and silence you, to try to take away your speech. Uh, they used to say, um, you know, we have to stop misinformation or disinformation. They're still using that, but they got to go one step further. And here's the latest iteration of it. We need to help democracy. We need to help democracy. We need to save democracy. We need to improve democracy. Uh, one line is, do we allow our democracy to wither or do we make it better? They'll say, I, I, that's Obama said, uh, I don't think these people could properly define democracy just like they can't define woman. But they use the word over and over because it's meaningless enough. Just like Barack Obama's entire campaign thing, right? It was uh, hope and change. Just like it's, it's vague enough. It could be whatever you want. And same thing with the word democracy, like it has a positive connotation, everyone likes it, one would want to save it, just like one would want to save a puppy. And that's about the amount of intellectual effort that is put into this. None. It's just emotion driven. Do you want to save the puppy? Yes. Do you want to save the uh, democracy? Yes. I'll do whatever you say, Obama. Uh, this is Hillary yesterday for far too long. Uh, tech platforms had amplified disinformation and extremism with no accountability. Blah, 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 blah. I urge our transatlantic allies to push the Digital Services Act across the finish line and bolster global democracy before it's too late. There's now we've got to bolster democracy. So we've got to save it, rescue it, improve it, help it, bolster it. We're bolstering democracy. <laughs> they are one step away from saying freedom is a threat to democracy. You think I'm joking. They are a step away from saying freedom is a threat to democracy. In fact, you see some close iterations of that with uh, Elon taking over Twitter. But we are much closer to that than, uh, than uh, you might think. The recall of Cheza Boudin, he's the, the DA in San Francisco. It's coming up soon, a couple of weeks. One of his defenders, one of his supporters said, it is laughable and indefensible that San Francisco is holding four elections this year alone. June will be the third election in six months. Uh, right, they, I don't know what the first one was, but then they, they recalled the school board members and then we got recalled Cheza and then they have the, like, the proper election. Actually, no, maybe... Is it the... Oh, no, what am I talking about? The first one was the recall of the school board. The second one is the recall of Chesaboudin. The third one is the primaries. And the fourth one is the general election. Uh, more voting does not equal more democracy, this person said. It means abysmal turnout and more fatigued and confused voters. So here's this person saying, too many elections hurt democracy. Barack Obama says we need to save democracy. We need to help democracy. And you would say, well, what's wrong with democracy? And this person would say, oh, there's too many elections. They would say, there's too much democracy. We got to save democracy because there's too much democracy, which isn't far away from there's too much freedom. 
The inverse of this is uh, we need to stop holding elections to save democracy. That's what the person's saying. That person's saying we need to stop having these elections so that we can save democracy. There's too many, and it's hurting democracy. So we need to stop having them to help democracy. Isn't that amazing? Now, of course, we don't even live in a democracy. <laughs> we live in a republic. Maybe you could say a democratic republic, but we live in a republic. So a, um, the republic that we live in has a, uh, a democracy aspect to it in the fact that everyone votes. So the one thing in our republic that is a democracy, the left says there's too many of them, and that is elections. Got it? So to see how committed they are, to this idea of we are going to save democracy. Well, how are you going to do it? Everything we say should be done. <laughs> They're saying they want to save democracy to turn your brain off. Um, I only got a minute. I guess I could stop here. Let's come back next with uh, the, the, the story behind you can't say fire in a crowded theater because you can <laughs> you definitely can i don't say you should but you definitely can that's not against the law and it's a ridiculous i mean it wasn't even in a supreme court decision it was in a dictum of a supreme court decision it had no legal binding it was overturned 40 years later even a year later that same supreme court justice who uttered that line gave an opinion that was complete the complete opposite of it they were it was a the, the opinion that they did give in that case was an utter embarrassment for the court and uh i'll tell you the full story of the next but people still use it they still use it and it works you still people say it today but oh, can't yell fire in a crowd theater people are like oh, okay so be very aware of people trying to silence you for whatever the reason is even if they're trying to save democracy all right, the history of uh, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. We'll give it to you next. Mike Slater Show. Spread the word. Let's go back to that British chap who saw the BB guns for sale at the Walmart and was appalled that he could just buy a rifle and ammunition for $28. Uh, this is from a police department in England. These items were found, dur dur found during a weapons sweep, uh, safely disposed of and taken off the streets. These weapons, there's a picture of the weapons on the uh, sidewalk. There's a pair of uh, pliers, needle nose pliers, a filer, two screwdrivers, one flathead, one Phillips head, and a pair of normal uh, scissors. These weapons disposed of safely and taken off the streets. Man, if these are weapons, I have an arsenal down in the uh, garage i got a uh, nail gun it's awesome <laughs> nail guns are awesome uh legal in england i don't even know they may be illegal all right so one of my favorite arguments arguments make is that you can indeed yell fire in a crowded theater the other argument i love to make is that the three-fifths compromise was done to end slavery not to continue it but that's for another day so you can yell fire in a crowded theater uh, the people who use that line only ever use it as a justification to silence you and to support some policy that will limit your freedom of speech. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that that is a dumb line, not true, 
and now you'll know the rest of the story because that's how it goes when someone wants to take away your freedom of speech uh you say oh you can't do that i have freedom of speech and they say oh well you can yell fire in a crowded theater and 99 percent of people are like oh, okay you're right there are arbitrary and random limits to freedom of speech i'll let you take mine away now sorry <laughs> it's like what are you talking about would you why'd you just get hypnotized you totally got hypnotized by that line well, what's going on all right so here's the background 1917. 1917. That was my back in time sound effect. There was a socialist guy. He was the leader of the Socialist Party of Philadelphia or something like that. He wrote a pamphlet. Uh, a lot of people say it's against the war, but it wasn't really against the war. It was more against the draft of World War One. He was against the draft, and it was a pamphlet sent out to members of the Socialist Party telling them to not participate in the draft and the title was assert your rights let me just quote a little bit here in lending tacit i so say you with me on the time and everything so we got this socialist leader 1917 world war one in lending tacit or silent consent to this conscription law in neglecting to assert your rights you are helping to condone and support a most infamous and insidious conspiracy to abridge and destroy the sacred and cherished rights of a free people you are a citizen not a subject you delegate your power to the officers of the law to be used for your good and welfare, not against you. You are They are your servants, not your masters. I would have said the same thing today. Uh, I probably have today. Their wages come from the expense of the government which you pay. Will you allow them to unjustly rule you? To draw this country into the horrors of the present war in Europe, to force the youth of our land into the shambles and bloody trenches of war-crazy nations would be a crime the magnitude of which defies description words cannot express the condemnation such blood cold-blooded ruthlessness deserves will you stand by idly and see the moloch of militarism reach forth across the sea and fasten its tentacles upon this continent are you willing to submit to the degradation of having the constitution of the united states treated as a mere scrap of paper you are responsible you must do your share to maintain support and uphold the rights of the people of this country in this world crisis where do you stand are you with the forces of liberty and light or war and darkness? So there you go. That's it. Uh, there's no call for violence, right? There's, there's not saying you need, hey, grab your weapons and let's fight the or kill people or whatever. There's none of that. The opposite. Uh, there's no even call for civil disobedience. It's not even like, hey, let's go protest and burn this building down or sit in the street or whatever. There's none of that. It's just, hey, you should be against this draft which is an entirely sensible opinion to have. I have the exact same one. But Woodrow Wilson was the president. Woodrow Wilson is a terror, was a terrible, terrible person, which is really one of the worst, <laughs> one of the worst people ever. He was a eugenicist, horrifically racist, an awful president. We have the Federal Reserve. We have the income tax. We have the direct election of senators. His presidency was a massive turning point for the worst in our history. And he gets this bizarre pass because he's like wrapped up sort of with FDR as like this progressive uh, hero. And in many ways he was, but just the worst. Uh, we also passed the Espionage Act of 1970, and it said you could not dissent against the war. They even convicted a man who made a petition against a state governor for having the draft. And he said, the, the guy who ran the petition said, uh, we're going to defeat you at the polls. And he was convicted of obstructing the recruitment and enlistment, uh, the recruitment of uh, enlistment service or was on, right? 
So you're getting in the way of the war effort, <laughs> right? Stored in jail. So anyway, this pamphlet, uh, the guy who wrote it, the court unanimously, Supreme Court unanimously approved his conviction. He went to jail and the court said that in a time of war, infringements upon people's freedom of speech are justified. In reality, the opposite is true. It is times of war when we need the most freedom of speech, not the most restrictions on speech. It's when we need the most speech. In a dictum to this decision, a dictum is not the actual decision. It is not the actual opinion of the court. A dictum is an aside that a judge may write about something. It has no bearing on the case at all. doesn't even have to do with the case at all. In a dictum, Oliver Wendell Holmes, one of the justices, said, the most stringent protection of free speech would not protect a man in falsely shouting fire in a theater and causing a panic. That's the exact quote. Uh, it wasn't, it was, a, it was like a year later, the same justice, Oliver Wendell Holmes, said in a new decision, he said, the ultimate good, the ultimate good desired is better reached by free trade in ideas, that the best test of truth is the power of the thought to get itself accepted in the competition of the market. And that truth is the only ground upon which their wishes safely can be carried out. So it was a year later. So, so in 1917, he comes out and says, uh, oh, you can't yell fire in a theater. And a year later, he said, oh, we need a marketplace of ideas, which is the right opinion to have, clearly. It was just a year later. So I just want to be clear. This dumb throwaway line wasn't even in the Supreme Court's opinion. It had no legal authority whatsoever. The court's opinion was embarrassingly wrong by upholding this guy's conviction for against his freedom of speech. It was overturned about 40 or 50 years later in a different case. Uh, but even that one sentence in question, can't yell fire, was entirely contradicted by the justice himself just a year later after he came to his senses. So there's the true story of you can't yell fire in a crowded theater. Uh, of course you can. Stop listening to the people who use that sentence, knowing nothing of the background. Stop listening to the people who use that sentence to justify taking away the single most important right that you have as a free citizen, and that is your freedom of speech. The Second Amendment is the second most important because that is there to protect what? Your freedom of speech and everything else in the First Amendment. They go hand in hand, certainly, but the, the second is a means to the first. You must be a vigilant defender of your freedom of speech, even when former presidents like Barack Obama come at you and say, well, we need to infringe upon your speech, but we're not really infringing upon your speech. We're just stopping misinformation. Hmm, okay, yeah, sure. Well, how are you, why are you stopping misinformation? Oh, well, we need to save democracy. I don't believe you. 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Coming up next, uh, I got a couple different stories here that uh, I think the theme here is the many silently catering to the few. We'll make sense of it next. Mike Slater Show, spread the word. This is a psychologist at Boston College. He says standard schooling today is a key factor. Do we need to go over the, the amount of students that public that the, the government schools have lost this last year? Clearly the most ever, San Diego, uh, right there near the top, losing uh, like, I think like 6% of kids or something like that. Huge uh, loss, but it should be 60%. Like I, it's, it's shocking to me that 94% of parents still send their kids to school. Like that's an amazing, uh, you know, you with me? 94% you're still dropping your kid off there? Good night. What do what more do we have to do? What's what I'm getting to here in a minute. Anyway, standard schooling today is a key factor in the continuous rise. Sorry. Making a note here. Uh, in the continuous rise in rates in childhood and adolescent anxiety, depression, and suicide, it's imposed one-size-fits-all curriculum, reliance on reward and punishment as external motivators, and dismissal of natural childhood curiosity and creativity erode learners' powerful drives for learning and discovery. Stripped of these drives and increasingly deprived of opportunities to play, explore, and pursue individual interests outside of school without the constant hovering of adults, children and adolescents become more melancholic and morose. I don't like the word melancholic. I like the word melancholy. Melancholic? I don't like that. But morose is good. Morose is a good word. Sullen and ill-tempered. I think sad works for melancholy. I don't think you need to really use melancholy. Uh, sad works fine. But uh, morose is a great word. We adults are uh, constraining children's lives in school and out of school. School has become a toxic place for children, absolutely. And we refuse to say that publicly. The research can show it, but it almost never gets picked up in the popular press. The more oppressive the school system becomes, the more it is driving people away, and that is good. Yes, schools are toxic. They're toxic, and we don't need them. It's the craziest thing. It's absolutely wild to me. We don't need them. And people are like, what do you mean? You don't want kids to go to school. You don't want kids to learn to read, Slater. Unbelievable. How can you be such a monster? You don't want kids to... Listen, the system we have now doesn't teach kids to read. So what are you, what are you even giving up on? Tom Knighton, look at the letters sent home by Civil War soldiers. They had an amazing grasp of pose, prose and an impressive vocabulary. But most were taught at home by their parents. There wasn't any public education. 
So I'm not for government education. I'm for universal, excellent education. We don't have that now. We just don't. And I'm a little morose myself because I don't know what it would take for people to snap out of it. Like, seriously, if you, if you told me, listen, we've been talking about education for as long as I've been on the radio. And if someone three years ago said, hey, Slater, here's what I think is really going to do. We're going to have, um, wh or what do you think if Slater, maybe, if you want people to drop out of public education and do something else, or at least or fight that we should have something else that people have an option with. Uh, what if every school taught that you're racist, that America is a terrible, awful, evil place rooted in slavery and oppression? Uh, what if every school comes with uh, gay and trans and sexual, blah, 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 nonstop. Oh, and kids had to wear these masks over their faces for two years. Do you think that'd be enough to have parents finally drop out of the system? And I'd say, well, yeah. <laughs> like that, definitely. Oh, and by the way, every other education metric is dropping horrifically and kids can't read. Would that be enough to have parents bring their kids out of school? I'd be like, well, yeah, of course that would be. Here we are. We've had that for two years. 6% drop. <laughs> 6%. What? Give parents the money to spend how they want when it comes to their child's education. And as soon as you do that, watch the market be flooded with innovations and opportunities. And it's actually very similar to the freedom of speech debate that we were just having. The left doesn't want you to have freedom of speech. They don't want Twitter to have real freedom of speech. They don't want freedom of speech. They want control. They don't want you to have the freedom to spend your money how you want to spend your money. They want control. They call it clarity. That's the new word they use now. Oh, we want a, a central bank digital currency uh, so that we can have more clarity on how people spend their money. No, they want more control. So just like the left doesn't want you to have freedom of speech, they want control. Just like the left doesn't want you to have freedom of how to spend your money, they want control. The teachers union, the progressives, they don't want you to have freedom of education. They want control. And they will never loosen their grasp over your children. Why would they? You think they would let go of that? Well, let me flip it around. Would you? Like from, from their perspective, flip it around, right? Let's say the education system was uh, completely controlled by um, conservatives, right? And, and conservatives taught kids uh, that America's great and uh, the Bible's great and whatever, right? Whatever the, the Christian conservative. Whatever. And uh, progressives came in and they said, we want to outlaw this. We'd be, we would say, no, this is really important. Like we want, we think this is important for kids, right? So I don't blame them, but to heck with them. I don't blame them for not wanting to lose control over your children. What do you expect progressives to just be like, you know what? I, uh, I believe in uh, freedom of choice and opportunity for uh, those uh, conservatives out there that think that uh, this is best for them. No, they're never going to say that. They're never going to let go of their grasp. I don't blame them for it. I don't care what they think or say. I don't care about their puny little grasp. Rip your child from them. Yes, they have your kids in a vice grip. 
but it's not really. It looks like it. It looks like it's a vice grip. It's not. It's a paper tiger. But right now they have your kids, and they can tell your kids whatever they want. Not only political things, right? For a while it was political things, like economic policies. But now it's race and sexuality. And they sick the FBI on you, <laughs> as we saw a couple months ago. Remember the school board association writing that letter to the DOJ and the uh, head of the DOJ saying that we're going to have the FBI investigate these moms who are speaking at school board meetings? Like, what are we talking about? So to them, to the left, you wanting control over your kid's education is an existential threat. And again, I don't blame them. If the roles were reversed, I would feel the same. But here's what I want to tell you. Most people don't agree with progressives. They don't. Most people don't. The truth is, the vast majority of people, the vast majority, are pretty oblivious to everything. They're oblivious. They don't know what's going on. They just don't. I don't mean that rudely, necessarily. They just, I got stuff going on. I don't know. They don't care. Or even if they don't care, maybe they care, but they don't really think about it. And I don't know. I don't know what people are up to. But the progressives are loud and active. So when you get the vast majority of people who are pretty oblivious, they go with the loud and active person. Like, oh, yeah, that seem, person seems confident. And uh, he's calling me a racist if I don't agree with him. So I'm just going <laughs> to. Like, that's truly most people. Let me give you another example uh, Mike Solana. He says uh, with the Twitter thing. Right, with Elon taking over Twitter. He says, what we're about to get is drama. And I mean all caps drama from the media to the government. There are going to be takes like you have never seen. The technology industry's craziest employees, themselves a subset of the craziest people alive, will begin to protest in all manner of colorful ways. All right? So you have the, the craziest people in San Francisco who work in technology, which itself is a subset of the craziest people alive. So you have the craziest of the crazies are going to come out and be crazy. And it's the same thing with people running education. Same people. It's, it, it is run by the loudest voices of the craziest people. They're the most vocal. And most people are just like normal people. And there are way more people who don't even know what's going on. And they're like, well, I went to public school and it's fine and it's free, so whatever, it's good enough. And they also say, oh, well, there's no alternative anyway. You hear that thing, well, there's a, what else am I gonna do? I can't afford X. And it's like, oh, you haven't even looked. You haven't even asked. And it just crushes me. Crushes me that people, so many people are just like, just oblivious. I don't know what it, like, what does it take? And that's why I'm uh, morose. <laughs> I don't know. I literally don't know. Oh, well, surely if they make your kid wear a mask for two years straight in school to the point where they like, can't hear anything and they can't see what the teacher says and they can't talk to your friends and they don't even get like the social environment of school, or the benefit. Because I think a lot of parents like are down with the public school because they're like, well, they get the football team and uh, pep rallies and uh, – lunchroom and like all that fun stuff of school. Well, you didn't even get that for two years and you still send your kid. <laughs> so, so they couldn't even be within six feet of each other. They couldn't touch each other. They had to see, eat lunch without talking. So what is going on? Why are people still doing it? It's unbelievable. My point is if the left were open about how they teach your kids and what they teach your kids, 
And if people were also informed and given alternatives, clear alternatives, then a vast majority would be against what's going on right now and would choose something else. I, I think that's true. It's just the problem is most people just don't don't care. I, I, I don't. I can't explain that one. Explain that one. I got to take a break. I'll come back. I'll give you one more example of a small group, a small group uh, being the loudest and, and therefore the majority catering to them, which we have to stop doing. Stop it. Stop being terrified of, of a small and vocal minority. Makes no sense. I'll give you one more example. Actually, I'll give you two more examples. Next, Mike Snyder Show. Spread the word. Hey, I got two more examples. The theme of these last two segments is do not let a small minority of people uh, scare you to uh, do dumb things and believe bad things and support bad things. Uh, I got two more. So public education is the big one. Uh, and then also, you know, the freedom of speech stuff that we were talking about. Um, all that, right? Uh, let me give you these two. Let me do this one first. Uh, so this is my uh, periodic hum humble brag reminder that I, yours truly, went to Yale University. <laughs> huh? What do you say to that? Mere plebe? I am a wonderful person, a lot better than you, clearly, because I have a Yale degree somewhere. I don't know where it is. But I have it. Oh, do I have it. So clearly, I am wonderful, and I like to remind you of that every once in a while. Please define me solely by this one fact alone. So not only did I go to Yale University, but I was a member of what is referred to as a secret society. Ooh. Was it Skull and Bones? I don't know. It wasn't. But it's but I but I don't maybe it was. Maybe I'm supposed to say it wasn't. Huh? So there are these secret societies at Yale and they're just um I don't know, like you do it your senior year and you get tapped for it and uh, whatever. It's nothing. It's like a little social club. It's, each one has 16 people in it. Eight eight men, women, eight men, eight women. And uh, you meet every Thursday and Sunday and whatever. So uh, the name of ours was, should I say it? Am I allowed to say it? Oh, this is like, uh, this is, I'm breaking the code here. Oh, I remember when I toured UVA. UVA has a secret society culture. And, there, and then uh, Yale has one. I remember when I went, it was like, oh, wow. And there's these tombs. They have these buildings. They're called tombs. And they're big buildings with no windows. And you walk by them and you never see anyone go in or out. There's like secret ways to get inside each of them. And you see a door, but you can never walk in. The, like the door doesn't work. It's not the door. It's a fake door. There's a bunch of them all over campus. And one of them is called Berzelius. And the foundation's name is called the Colony Foundation. I don't know why. But it's called the Colony Foundation. So a couple uh, months ago, I got, an email, I got a uh, letter asking about a survey they were taking about whether they should change the name of the Colony Foundation because the word colony has racist connotation. <laughs> because like, like imperialist, it's like a racist imperialist connotations. I don't know why it's called the Colony Foundation. I don't know, I don't know what that has to do with anything. 
Sorry, I'm going back in my memory. Like, what? I don't know why it's called. That. Anyway, it's called the Colony Foundation. So they're like, should we not be called that anymore because it's racist? So I wrote back. I haven't done anything with them in 12 years, but I wrote back saying, no, <laughs> I don't change the name. I don't care at all. Uh, but we just got the results. Right? Um, here we go. So where have we ended up about the name change? The short version is that while small numbers of people have strong feelings on one side or the other, that's me. I have a strong feeling. But my strong feeling is keep it. So like, right, right. But here's my point. There's a vast middle not troubled by the name, but also not attached to it, and who lean towards discontinuing its use if it bothers some alumni or might hurt recruiting efforts in the future. Meaning, and, and this is where the board has come out as well, so they're changing the name of the Colony Foundation. Okay, Again, like, I don't care, no one cares, whatever. But this is like a, per this is a perfect little microcosm of the whole thing. You have uh, like extremes who believe one thing or the other, right? The opposite, right? Vast majority who like, nah, I don't, whatever. I don't care either way. But nice always wins. Or whatever is perceived as the nice thing, right? So I'm gonna, we're gonna, uh, I don't care either way, but you know, I don't, I, if someone does, if someone is hurt by it, by the name, the Colony Foundation, then I, you know, I wanna do the right thing for them. So yeah, I'm for changing it. If it's, it's like, what are you talking? Grow up. Anyway, I just like to remind people I went to Yale. That's my story. Uh, this is um, Georgetown Law. Do you remember the whole Georgetown Law uh, controversy of the day? Ilya Shapiro, he's a professor there. He said, hey, here's a bunch of other progressive justices that are better than Judge Jackson, but ja uh, Biden chose her because she's a black woman. And he shouldn't have. Here's better justices than her. And now he's got to settle for a lesser black woman. Oh, huge uproar. Lesser black woman. Oh, groveling apologies, crying, protests, safe spaces, whole thing. Well, Georgetown Law School is hosting a uh, Palestinian guy. I'm curious to hear if the school's free speech guidelines have changed or if there's a distinction between Shapiro's tweets and this guy's claims that Israelis harvest the organs of dead Palestinians to feed their warriors our own or his glorification of the second infantata, intifada, or his expression of hope that every one of them dies in the most torturous and slow ways. I hope they see their mothers suffering, not that these conscienceless pigs would care. I hope these terrorists get what they deserve tenfold. <laughs> uh, so that guy's fine. Ilya Shapiro speaking inartfully about a lesser black woman. Um, huge problem. This guy, no problem. Why? Because the leadership of Georgetown Law is terrified, terrified of a small but vocal minority of woke students. And that's my point. Stop being terrified of a small and vocal minority of woke people at your work, at your school, wherever. Stop it. Spread the word. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.